Hello everyone, and welcome to episode... What episode are we on? Oh my gosh, 57! 57 of the What The Sheep podcast, where myself and Alana will be discussing and breaking down episode 8, the finale of season 1 of Exandria Unlimited. But, before we get into the, the meat of the episode, there was one small thing that I wanted to talk about, about that intro cinematic. And I think, I can't remember if we had talked about it before already, or if it's something that I just caught this time. But, one of the mural things, the, the, the stained glass things, is yeah. of a gold dragon. I believe it's a gold dragon, and it seems to be hovering over a city. A coastal city, perhaps, yeah. Adronis. Now, okay. <laughs> we all know our running theory that Yusa is a gold dragon. Is this yeah. like a soft confirmation that Yusa is a gold dragon? I think it's um, not a gold dragon. I think it's a brass dragon. Damn it! I think it's, um, what's his face? Uh, oh, uh, Jamansa Ord. Jamansa Ord. I think it's Jamansa Ord in Maquette. Dang it! <laughs> no! I mean, yes, I mean, yay, Jamansa Ord, but. Oh! Yeah. Drat. Well, <laughs> there goes my happiness for the, for the rest of the year. Uh, but anyways, getting into this episode, the finale, it actually, this was a very enjoyable episode. Not only was it, you know, a finale, and so everything that comes with it being a finale, but it's also just a really cool episode in general. Um, starting with, I think, I think one of the biggest things that stuck out for me this episode was that it only took eight episodes for them all to start rolling well. Matt specifically. Yeah. Matt specifically, wow. but there were so many natural 20s in this in this encounter. There that must be something in the Critical Role studio that like affects the dice for good storytelling. Yeah. Because that's like... For real. All his fails so far have been fantastic, leading up to a final triumphant win. Yeah. So many natural 20s. I want to see if uh, Critical Role stats have... And that's, and that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying last week. Okay, listen, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I feel like I was, I was half right on some of, some of the stuff that we talked about last week. Um, so, yeah, it's like last week, it, there was a lot of like, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough. You know, there, a lot of doubt, a lot of self-doubt. And obviously in this one, there were so many natural 20s and so many triumphs, and it was, and it was super great. So that was a nice little redemption from, from last week and stuff. But the other thing, this is kind of well, we're we're gonna be jumping around a lot for this one, uh, since the whole episode was 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 combat. So we'll be jumping around a little bit. Um, but so Ted, we were we were kind of right when we yeah. theorized that Mirada's gang kind of saw Ted as like a a patron esque figure mm. to which they you know they they draw their powers from. So we were kind yeah. of we were kind of right there. Yeah. Um, and, and Ted as a whole, like, I'm still, yeah. still, still a bit fuzzy on some aspects. Yeah, because now, because it, it was left open-ended. It yeah. was, it was kind of hinted at what Ted was truly like, but then, you know, pushed aside as like, that's another story for another time. But yeah, it get, yeah. you get the sense that Ted is an entity rather than, perhaps Opal's sister, and uh -huh. we see that in the fact that she's able to be manifested as this massive 
Oh yeah. Yep. That just mm-hmm. rises out of the ground. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Some magic. We don't know specifically what the magic Mirada was doing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we see this this massive creature, this patron. Uh, yeah, that was that was wild, and it was so cool how it was like transforming as the fight yeah, went on. Really cool. Oh my god. That was really cool. Who is yeah. who is behind the the construct? These these things creating them. Is, is, oh, I thought Abria was making them. I'm not sure. It probably, it probably is Abria. It probably is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The, the, that, that low angle, though, of when it was the face, it looked yeah. so good. The way it just um, like blended in with the base that it was on and everything, mm-hmm. it looked amazing. It was such yeah. a cool such a cool set, such a cool... Technically yeah. a mini, because it was an NPC on the map. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. It was awesome. And it was cool how Mirada was like speaking through Ted, causing that like yeah, the, horrifying the voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is that is that is very terrifying, very terrifying. Yeah. But I was definitely it's probably just because Campaign Two is still fresh in fresh in our mind, in my mind um, at least. But like the pseudopods that were sprouting and stuff, the leveling of the field, it just felt very uh, uh, Cognosa incarnate, you know, and all that stuff during during that fight. Yeah. Pretty Things cool. Up, but. Yeah, it was pretty badass. I was terrified. I was terrified mm. for them being level three and going up, <laughs> yeah, going up lot. against <laughs> stuff like this. That is uh, it's a little terrifying. That's a little terrifying. A yeah. Um, but let's dial it. Let's dial it back a little bit. Uh, one of my earlier notes was how, and this this was true for the entirety of this series. How Abria is like the queen of the rule of cool. Um, mm. how she will, she will, like, bend the rules, break the rules, give players, like, extra actions or extra things to do based on what they roll and stuff, just for the sake of, like, badass storytelling and for the character to feel truly powerful in that moment. There are so many times over the course of this series, but even in this episode, where, like, if someone got a natural 20 or they made a really cool move or something, she'd be like, alright, you get an extra action. Or, like, okay, this, this extra thing happens and stuff. Which is super cool. Super cool. To be able to tell the story. And yeah. I, I enjoyed too, there was that uh, aspect of, is this what your character really wants? Or like, what is the thing your yeah. character wants most? And mm-hmm. finding a way to make it happen yeah. was really cool. Because, yeah, it's collaborative storytelling. And yeah. nothing hurts a narrative more than rules. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. Um, and yeah, it's nice to see it kind of being a little more open, a little bit more uh, uh, functional, I guess, to tell the story that they want to tell. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is really cool. Definitely, definitely love seeing that. I feel like that's that's similar to to my style. I'm all about like the rule of cool and letting mm-hmm. things, letting letting the story, you know, tell its tell itself and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was. I, I like rules. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that they help. Like, they I, help. I, I like. Yeah. I like the structure. Mm-hmm. But, but I still like rule of cool. It's just I'm not as good at it. <laughs> oh yeah. And I think I think one of the cool so one of the cool things about this fight is that it felt like there were two there were two bosses to fight here. There was Mirada, obviously being the yeah. main one, but then Lolf also had a heavily influence on this fight. It yeah. was like each each character, except I think Dariax and Orum, Lolf was mm. was you know taking one la- one last effort to try to try to get them to put the crown on. Each offering them something yeah. like, "Hey, I can get you out of this." You know, there is an easy way out of this. You don't have to fight tooth and nail to try to survive here. It was it was yeah. looking pretty rough uh, for them mm. as the fight was going on. So yeah. the Lolth just added another interesting layer fight. Yeah, I I, I really enjoyed uh, Dorian 
like taking a stand and like yeah. telling her to fuck off. Yeah. That was that was really cool. That was um that was yeah, probably one of my favorite character moments in this episode of because yeah, because it felt it felt obviously Abria wanted someone to put the crown on. Oh yeah. But at the same time I wanted yeah, I wanted uh, someone to put the crown on too. Yeah. yeah. Um and it's been very heavily focused on Dorian throughout the series so far. So I thought it was really, yeah, good good kind of stand up for yourself moment where he yeah, told Lolf, the Spider Queen, to fuck off. Yeah. Um Yeah, I kinda did like happy claps, happy claps to myself when he told uh, when he told yeah. Lolf to fuck off. Like, yes, let's go. That's awesome. Um But yeah, I mean ultimately we'll 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 save we'll save all that stuff for the end, but we obviously know how all that uh how all that turned out um yeah. but it was cool again seeing feral fern bust out because mm. that seems to be it seems like lolf had a very specific um like strategy for each different character yeah. you know with with dorian it was making him feel useless and powerless and just down yeah. on himself and that her power was going to fix all of that but with with fern with yeah, with Fern, it, she was more tapping into her feral side, that that darkness yeah. that's within her, and and wanting to nurture that and let that bubble over mm. and, and take over. So it's it's really cool on like Abria's part, like identifying these different character traits and different things she was going mm. to use for these different characters to tempt them into taking yeah. taking the crown. It was very cool. It was it was um very. Very well characterized for Lolf, I think. Like, I, mm-hmm. I really liked this version of Lolf, um, and just how persistent she was, and how I kind of want to know what's what's going on with Lolf, I guess, in general, or is she just this interested in someone like wearing her crown? Because it's yeah, if you think about like the other vestiges, they're not necessarily, um, you know walkie-talkies to the gods or anything like that mm-hmm. so it's interesting that lolf has taken such an interest in this one oh yeah item um which makes me concerned for oval in the future yeah but uh it's yeah it's interesting to see how in depth uh she she has been getting to like to get to these characters yeah. um she just yeah and kind of you get the sense like she doesn't care who puts it on oh, someone yeah. put it on mm-hmm. um she needs literally her claws in someone uh, which is really cool. Also terrifying now that we know. Terrifying, yeah. Now that we know who 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 put it on. Mm. But there were so many so many just awesome moments in this in this episode. Obviously, one of the big ones for me was when Mirada initially leveled the playing field and like just nuked everything, and these pseudopods started sprouting everywhere. I was like, holy shit! Like, what is actually happening here? Because we had no idea at that point what she was trying to do. We knew she was trying to separate ted from opal but i had no idea what these this organic thing was that she was sprouting from the ground that was felt totally random that that's where i initially thought of like is this like some cognosa shit did like her and matt like talk or something and this is yeah because it was on the it was in the place where the cube was and the cube had broken and then yeah she leveled it further Mm -hmm. so i want to know more what this place was to begin with like what was the yeah was of the cube like whether mm-hmm. the constructs were sent by mirata or they were just aspects like protectors of this place yeah um i, th- I think I they think... were just protectors i think that's what it was right yeah um and because yeah it seemingly gave 
boons, which was really cool. Yeah. So, uh, which then became very helpful throughout the fight. Oh yeah. Um, I think uh, I think Ashley might have forgotten about her special power, but that's alright. Re- yeah, the reroll thing. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if she used really it, cool. but eh, it's fine. The story <laughs> the story was told in in the best way, regardless of of using those rerolls and stuff. Um. I think I loved Orem this fight. He's yeah. like a true battle master, just absolutely. Yep. And and that that comes from like Liam being a galaxy brain of what can I do? <laughs> How am I gonna do? Yeah. Um, which is it's really cool. Uh, yeah, I love battle masters, and I love mm-hmm. the fun way that they can actually work in combat. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was really cool seeing some of that stuff, like the jump and the you know the throwing a dagger down. Oh, that was so cool. On it. So <laughs> yeah, cool, really cool stuff. Uh, and th- and thank so God they dispatched those two extra people mm, fairly fairly quickly. Uh, it seemed like they could have. Yeah, that Kona cold. That that one that that could have that could have ended everything. He rolled a fourteen on eight d eight. Yeah, like, that is unlucky. That's that like, is very unlucky. That sucks. <laughs> they needed that because even average damage, which is like thirty yeah. something. That would have wiped out yeah. all three of the people that it targeted. Yeah. That would have been it. 100%. <laughs> so, yeah. thank God. Thank, thank goodness it rolled so low, because that was, that was mm. nasty. Because that's a... Is Kona Cold... That's a fifth level spell? Fourth level? I think it's fourth. Sounds fourth, fifth. fifth. Fifth, yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty nasty. That is very, very, very nasty. Oh, cold. Oh, no. Okay. So I think the well, I think we saw it a couple times in campaign two. Obviously, the most the most notable time that we saw it was with Lorenzo fifth. Yeah, that's a that's an ouchie. That's yeah. an ouchie spell. Uh but yeah, that would have that would have killed. Yeah, that would have killed Dorian because I think at this point Dorian was already unconscious. Yep. Um, so that would have totally wrecked wrecked him. But I was terrified because Dariax also went down in, uh, in this fight. Um, yeah, that's a uh, it's a cool spell. Cool spell. Pretty cool spell. Yeah. But uh, it's essentially uh, I'm trying to think how it ranks with like a uh, white dragon's breath. Um, because it's pretty high. Similar. I think like an adult dragon's breath is like twelve d six or something. Yes, I'm thinking like a white, a young white dragon. Mm-hmm. Their breath is. 10d8. So it's a little bit like a young a Holy young shit. Yeah. That's a young? What was I thinking? 12d6? I don't even know. 12D- nah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Man, dragons are no joke. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget. But man, they're badass. Yeah. I, I'm super excited for the, the new dragon book that's going to be coming out. Oh, all the, yes. the gem dragons and stuff. Same. I'm super so excited keen. for that. So keen. That's going to be badass. I'm just gonna. I'm actually working on a campaign that I eventually, hopefully, want to run for the Discord server and stuff, and it's gonna be very heavily dragon themed and stuff. So I'm I might pick up that book. So much. Might be the yeah. one that I pick up for my D and D Beyond. That's cool. Um. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, anyway. lots of lots of really cool things in this episode, and then my jaw like dropped when it was revealed that this weird organic matter was forming into Ted. 
Because of Rio was like, and it begins to form, and you see like a face, and then she's like switched out the thing. I was like, holy shit, wait, it's forming something? She's like, everyone, yeah. say hello to Ted. I was like, oh! Yeah. Oh, shit! <laughs> that was oh, such a horrific way to <laughs> introduce the character. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, this is what you look like. You're a giant uh, flesh monster. Yeah. And then that's nice. when you start to realize, oh, okay, probably not a person. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Because that's, that's a messed up magic is, right there. That's, uh, yeah, this is just the form they're taking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want, to, I, I, I want to know, and I'm hoping we get this in the wrap-up that they're going to be doing for this game. That's campaign. right, they are doing it. I just I want to know about Murata. Like, yeah, what, is her, was, yeah. what is her deal? <laughs> like, yeah. where, does she, where does she have this knowledge of how to summon a patron? Uh-huh. Why does she want to do it? Is it just for power? Is it there's some yeah. other personal connection and to it? Why Ted? Why Ted? Well, yeah, because there's plenty of gods she could become mm-hmm. a cleric of, but she's specifically looking at yeah. having Ted as a patron. Yeah, unless again, um, like we were saying, there's more to Ted than we obviously mm, know currently. Yeah. Um, why, yeah, like, why she's abandoned Singhorn, essentially. Yeah, I just want to know more about her. I want to kind of understand her her motives for this because she she seemed fine the first time they met, met her. Yeah. And then she was just like, no, fuck this. <laughs> fuck this shit. I'm, I'm your out. problem now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was cool, cool character. Just wh- wh- why? Why are you doing this? Yeah, I had actually initially thought because for me, I was under the impression that this was going to be the only like season with these characters, and then like the yeah, next time Xander Limited came around, it was going to be like a new batch of characters. But it sounds like we may actually be seeing these characters again. So yeah. when I went to the show, I was thinking everything was going to be wrapped up more or less mm-hmm. with all, with this um, eight episodes. And so my initial thought was like, oh, I wonder. I wonder if Mirada was actually supposed to be, like, Pasca, but because they, like, put a hard stop to that Pasca storyline, Abria had to, like, switch things up and then change that, change what Pasca was going to do and just put on a different character for it to make sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's what I initially thought, but now that we know that we could be seeing these characters again, Mirada and Pasca mm. could, you know, totally still be separate characters with their own motivations and stuff. Yeah. Um, that's what I initially thought. That makes a lot of sense, yeah, because it did mm. kind of swap from having this uh, major female antagonist to moving on from them and having another major yeah. female antagonist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I thought the same, too. I thought it was going to be a bunch of different DMs coming in, a bunch of yeah. different players telling stories throughout Exandria. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, I think I'd like to see a different... A different uh, cast and dm yeah because yeah because i feel like it'd be not impossible for these guys to go somewhere else in exandria but i'd like yeah. to see different areas of exandria mm-hmm. have specific stories told about them rather than just one party traveling to different areas because that's a campaign really at yeah. that point mm-hmm. um yeah because i'd love to see like a mini episode in like isilara or like a mini episode Ooh, yeah. in like uh like the Shattered Teeth or in the Lucidian Ocean or something like that. Or Blightshore. Um, Blightshore was another. Blightshore. Blightshore is like perfect for an eight episode arc. Yeah. One shot. Man. Yeah. Oh. The Gemetti Costco um, origin story. One ooh, shot. Ooh, that'd be real cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 that's what I kind of thought too. And maybe it is how they're going to do it, but perhaps they'll sometimes come back to... to... Yeah, it, it would even be cool if they did different like one-shots throughout history. Like, what if they did one... Yeah. Uh, during like Aeorian times, where they yeah, did like an Aeor one shot back, yeah, Age of Arcana, mm-hmm. that'd be super cool too. Oh, there's there, yeah. there's so much potential with Exandria Unlimited, mm. and you know this this first this first season definitely uh, delivered with some really awesome stuff. Mm. Um, but shifting gears again towards the episode, uh, one of the coolest things that I think for Opal's character, I think Opal's character has seen the most change, and that's mainly due to the part that due to the fact that it ended up being very Opal-centric, and we kind of knew that going into it, since Abria kind of hinted at that. Um, yeah. But it's interesting to see, you know, at the beginning of this series, Opal was, you know, just a super carefree, confident um, gal, you know, from the country, the countryside, mm-hmm. and how she changed to, you know, be so desperate and lost and sad in the end at yeah. what's been going on with her sister and her powers and all this confusion that's been going on. To then, you know, end up succumbing in a way to the darkness of Lulf. Yeah. You know, the last ditch effort to save her sister. Opal was honestly for me like the least likely one. Her and Orum. I really yeah. didn't think Opal was gonna gonna do it. Not a happy ending, really, for Opal. Uh, in a sense, like she's exactly where she started, but a little bit worse off <laughs> with having a yeah. attack. Yeah, because yeah, not uh, only did she not have any questions answered, but now she has, I guess, a debt to Lolth now in yeah, a way. She maybe has a little bit better understanding of Ted, but even then, it's yeah. still um, not a full understanding. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I, I want to know if uh, if the idea for Ted being kind of this major focal point for the story came uh up. Well, obviously, Ted probably came after, but after uh, Amy created the character, or if Abria had an idea for uh. this being uh, a storyline, and then when she, you know, met with Amy and they discussed the character, they kind of linked in. Mm. Um, yeah, because I kind of want to, I want to know, yeah, the, the the general kind of plot that that yeah. Abria picked, I guess, yeah. for what this story would be, because we've mm-hmm. got. A lot of different elements like we've got the the plateau in the first episode we've got yeah elements of mm-hmm. this hidden city and of the iron authority like all these things coming together um but ultimately focusing on a specific pc trait mm-hmm. which i think was really cool um yeah that's cool, cool yeah pitch. i totally agree <laughs> um I was gonna say, oh, uh, some other some other big points in this in this episode. Obviously, it was terrifying having Dorian and Dariax go down, since mm. you know, shit's deadly. Shit's deadly going against these, yeah. these bosses at level three uh, can get pretty ridiculous. I think the first like boss battle that the Mighty Nine had was the Devil Toad. I think they were level yeah. three when they did that. It was like episode like four or three, three or four or something. Yeah, thought that. This this felt way more out of out of their league than a, than a devil toad and, and some imps. Uh, so I was definitely terrified. Um, but the the nail the nail in the coffin for me was when Mirada counterspelled the heel. Oh, that yeah. <laughs> one of the most evil things you can do as a DM counterspelling a heal or counterspelling a resurrection or revivify. 
And uh, listen, I'm here for it. Honestly, the angst and the terror of getting something like that uh, counterspelled is pretty great. Pretty great. I don't know if I would ever have the heart to do it as a DM, but I would think about it. I would at least, it would cross oh, yeah. my mind at the very least. Wait, <laughs> to be able to use counterspell. As oh a DM. no. Like... Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna switch my my monk subclass and pick one that has counterspell available to it. <laughs> okay, do it. <laughs> have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure. We'll figure a narrative way to to do that. Um, <laughs> but no, it was uh, it was great. And so for for Dorian or no Dariax, Dariax getting hit. Oh yeah, Dariax. So <laughs> this was uh another one of those rule of cool moments for me. Uh, I apologize again. I, t I said we were going to be jumping around this episode a lot, so I, s I apologize if it's hard to follow, but uh, combat's kind of hard to go through chronologically because, you know, so much happens in a lot of cool different moments. Um, but anyways, uh, for Dariax, another rule of cool moment where I can't remember what spell he was casting, but he, like, totally nat 20 it and owned it, and... Mm. or. Maybe it was Dorian. It was when... No, it was Dariax, because Dariax got hasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D Dorian, Dariax. It happened to both of them. Mm. But it was the... For Dariax, he, like, nat 20 something, and he drew power from, like, the Miasma and stuff, and became hasted for whatever he did, which was, which was really cool. Um, but then Dorian, it was when he cast his Thunder Wave to kill the Construct, I believe it was. Um... Where it did half damage, but when he snapped, he drew the power from the miasma, which allowed it to do full damage. Um, yeah. So I, again, it, it's it's back to that Abria. Yeah. Did he use the miasma or did he use residuum? I thought he used like the Ooh. spike. Oh, was it the spike? He mentioned, he mentioned like sticking it into its gem eye and like plucking it out. Oh, maybe it was. I think that was his scimitar. Because with the oh, okay. with the residuum thing, he, he used that with on Ted. Later. I think it was, yeah. Um, but still, again, you know, we we touched on it a little bit, but Abria leaning into those really awesome character moments and just letting it happen, mm. giving them extra damage, yeah. extra extra buffs and stuff, just to make it super flavorful and just make. And and they honestly, they probably needed it. They probably needed it because they were pretty out of their league here. So it was just nice having these little extra buffs and boons to go along with their standard attacks and all so there's another you know really cool really cool thing for me um what was it <laughs> the name the name of ted in this form the apotheo sister was that was the name that was given was given to ted once they once the break was over very oh god yep 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 um but i guess we can kind of unless there's other little character moments and stuff oh little mister little mister going unconscious getting knocked yeah. out i think it was by the cone of cold yeah that, that took mister out but it's okay mister was was brought back then later on he's fine yeah yeah there was there's there's no worries there's no worries there um so opal puts on the crown and yeah. loses loses some charisma while gaining dexterity kind of an interesting trade-off I'm guessing it probably gets worse the longer you have it on. Oh god, I need to find my source book. Because, <laughs> I mean, losing two charisma as a charisma caster sucks. Um, but gaining dex is, is, is interesting. But, like, what else? I mean, obviously, you get the black eyes, and Lolth probably has some semblance <laughs> of influence over you, I would imagine. 
at the very least. Here we go. Yeah, so charisma decreases by two. Uh, you have advantage on initiative rolls. Uh, it, it seems like maybe it was slightly um, homebrewed by Abrea mm. because I'm not saying anything about decks here. This is also like the old source book. It could have been updated. Oh, for the new yeah, source yeah, yeah. Book. This is just roughly an idea of what happens with it. Uh, when you make an attack roll, you can use your reaction to gain a plus five bonus to the roll. Oh, wow. You can make this roll after you see the roll. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> with it's a, it's, So it's probably not awakened at this point, but awakened, you ah. eventually get some more cool stuff. Um, although it sounds pretty awakened, it's talking a lot, but <laughs> yeah. What's uh, uh, what are some of the awakened stuff? Uh, awakened. Yeah. If you are if you are playing in a Tauri campaign and you oh, don't yeah. want to know this, just we'll give you a thumbs up when we're finished talking about it. Um, so awakened, uh, you gain resistance to poison damage and gain immunity to the poison condition. Ooh. Your ability to gain a bonus to an attack roll can be used twice between rests. So that's that plus five. Ah, uh, okay. Um, bonus thing that you can do and then exalted you gain immunity to poison damage in addition to the poison condition you can also see invisible creatures and goblins oh goblins objects <laughs> uh your ability to gain a bonus those goblins. Attack roll can be, <laughs> the the attack roll bonus can be used three times all in all it's not a super powerful vestige like that's magic item territory yeah, I mean, I guess damage immunity to poison can be can be decent in the condition it's pretty niche though Pretty neat. Yeah. Um, doesn't seem. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not too bad, but yeah, it definitely seems pretty underpowered. I mean, you could do that with like a belt one. of dwarf, a belt of dwarven kind, and like. Yeah. Uh, one of those like alarm bells or something. Yeah, the the, the wolf vestige is it's like it's just a combo pack, a combo pack yeah, of some other, exactly. some other magic items. It's an all-in-one. <laughs> you just got to sell your soul to wolf. That's it. No problem. Yeah, that's small... probably the, the downside. If you're running an evil campaign, it'd probably be a cool, cool thing to add. Yeah. Just a small. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm just looking at some of the other stuff. Some of the other stuff's a bit cooler. <laughs> or, like, other, other vestiges? I'll just throw a shade on Lolth, but yeah. Oh. That's pretty Some neat. of the, yeah, some of the other, um, Betrayer God, uh, vestiges. They're pretty cool. Oh. But I'll talk about them later. We're finished talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vestiges vestiges are pretty badass. I love like legendary magical items and all that yeah. stuff. They're super cool to add to a add to a campaign. So what do you, what do we think? Obviously, uh, this granted Opal the ability to slay Mirada once and for all. Um, yeah. And I don't want to diminish the the coolness of this episode and stuff, but. I, I don't know if, for me, I'm truly, like, satisfied, because it felt like there wasn't a lot of build-up for, like, this climactic battle and stuff, and for Mirada to be slain in this way and for Ted to be released, since it all happened very, very fast. For me, I feel like I didn't have a whole lot of time to, like, process and fully appreciate the, uh, like, what this meant for all of the characters, just because it was so, it was so quick. Um... But still, again, didn't want to diminish that from how cool it was. It was still really badass. But for me, uh, it didn't have like a, a huge um, punch, you know, when it was all when it was all said and done. And I think I do like that kind of theory that maybe perhaps this was meant to be Posca, because um, mm -hmm. I think that might have had slightly more uh, resonance of being an impactful moment because it did kind of feel a little bit like Mirada just came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, 
and became this villain out of nowhere. They didn't really have too much of a connection to it. But I also kind of like the randomness of it. Mm -hmm. That kind of speaks a lot to just how D&D can be random and how you can just make an enemy out of nothing. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it it was, I, I, yeah, I'd probably say the same, a little bit unsatisfied, I guess, in the sense that, um, like I was, I was keen for them to go to the Iron Authority. I was keen for them to mm-hmm. return to Gilmore and to, uh, yeah, you know, figure like, I, I guess they figured out what the plateau was. Yeah, there was no yeah. resolution to it necessarily. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, yeah, we kind of got it. And I think, um, I think the big thing here is that, at least I am. I can't, I can't speak for you as well. I, I'm still in the mindset of like. Okay, I totally thought this was just going to be like a one mm. season one thing. You know, this was going to be it. This was going to be it for th- for all of their stories and stuff. But because there may be more, um, mm. if I had known that from the beginning, it may have felt less chaotic. Cause it's like, okay, you know, there's going to be other seasons where maybe some of this is more expanded upon and stuff. But because I went into this thinking it was just going to be this one season, that was it. It was uh, not not disappointing, but it was harder to follow it was it was hard to stay you know following with everything that was happening because i was like yeah. i don't know which what i don't know which story arc to care about because you know there's only two episodes <laughs> left i'm not sure what's gonna happen yeah. but now that we know that we're probably gonna see them again now it's like okay there are these other story arcs that will we will probably see again and will actually you know get resolved farther down the line and all that I think maybe one of the the major criticisms that I've seen of it, and this is not as a negative criticism, it's no, just as yeah. an observation, so yeah. much as um, it's seen as like a very kind of uh, similar to a home game, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. where it's like you say, it's a lot more free with the rules. It's um, a different style of DMing. It's a different style of the players' role playing, mm-hmm. um, and the function of the story is just slightly different to what we're used to with yeah. uh, Critical Role and even some other streaming and, like, uh, actual play shows. It's quite unique in its own way yeah. because it is very very down-to-earth, it feels. Yeah. Um, but it gives me the sense of if this were a game that you are playing, it would continue. Like, this would yeah. be a home mm-hmm. game that you would keep playing, every, you know, once a week or, God, if you're lucky, once a week. But, you know, like mm. every every couple sessions. So I think it feels a bit strange for us to see only eight episodes of it. And we've said that before because we missed something in the session zero and it feels like there's more right. to happen after. Um, because we never got any kind of conclusion to the memory wipe thing. We never got any conclusion. Yeah, nothing with Dark Fern thing. and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So I think, it, I think it's more something that is probably clearer and... Uh, I don't want to sound like a, a dick about it because I'm not trying not to be negative about it. No, yeah. But it's something that's probably more impactful to the people playing it yeah. than the people watching it, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. That's yeah, what, that's, that's totally fine. Yeah, people yeah. do actual plays. Like mm-hmm. it's their game. We, yeah. we respect that 100. percent But it makes mm-hmm. it a little bit uh, confusing when you're a reviewer, I guess. Yeah. Um, no, that's yeah. That's totally to that's along. totally valid. That's totally fair. Yeah. Um, um, still a fun story. I'm so oh glad yeah. We got to yeah, it. definitely. Yeah. It's just. We're we're very much on the outside of this one, where some mm-hmm. like campaign two felt like we we're a little bit more into the story, mm-hmm. like alongside it. Um, but yeah. It's... And then the other the other tricky thing is because we don't even know when you know season two of Exandria Unlimited is going to be yeah. because if campaign three 
is going to be coming up relatively in the near future. It could be, you know, like an, another year, like a whole year before we get the season two of Xander Unlimited yeah. again. Um, and it'll be great to see some of these characters again, but it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it, it'll be hard for me at least to stay invested in these, the long-term stories of some of these characters if we're only going to see eight episodes at a time, you know, once a year or something mm. like that. Doesn't mean I don't want to see all their shenanigans they get up to and all that stuff, but it'll be a, li- a bit harder from an observer's perspective to mm. uh, keep up with um, or stay invested with the, the different stories that could happen mm. if we follow these, these same characters for future yeah. seasons. And I think because I, I mentioned it at the end of Last What the Sheet, which was like two days ago, um, yeah. how I didn't think these characters were going to stick together. Uh, yeah. Because, because I think I was assuming there was going to be a, like a definitive kind of end to their story, but their point of view was very much, oh, no, let's just keep going. We've still got more yeah. things to do, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. But mm-hmm. I guess I was expecting maybe like, oh, right, we've completed the quest and now let's go do our yeah. own thing. I did like Dorian saying, um, uh, I turn to the person who I always turn to when I'm looking for direction, and it was Aurum. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's sweet. That was sweet. Um, but yeah. But they still want to, yeah, they still want to hang out with each other. That, yeah, I could, them saying like, yeah, we've still got stuff to do, let's keep going. I could, I could probably have felt maybe Aurum being a little bit like, I think I'm gonna go home. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Yeah, like, the, is, yeah. My mom's problem. calling me. I gotta, I gotta yeah. go. My ride's here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Peace. Just leaves. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but there's 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 so many different you know things that they can do, and obviously we got the uh, the after credit scene with Pasca hmm. again, basically saying like, hey, if those bitches come back to Iman, they're uh they about to get fucked up. Is is the, in essence that that's what uh that's what that's what she said. Yeah. Uh, at least that's the you know. As long as she doesn't touch she Gilmore, we're fine. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, they've been gone for like uh, over a month now. Who yeah. knows what? Uh, I'm surprised Gilmore hasn't maybe like reached out to them, but it's eh, probably hey, fine. Still alive? Yeah, I'm, I'm still still good. No problem. Yeah. No problems <laughs> here, except one of our people did put on the circlet and all that stuff. Uh, but that's fine. I mean, a, a lot of people in uh, the Twitch chat, I did not watch mm. it live, so I didn't get to see what Discord was, was talking about. No. But when Opal put on the, the circlet, they were like, oh my gosh, Opal's going to be like the big bad for campaign three and yeah. stuff. Going to be Lolt's champion, yeah. which would be pretty cool, honestly. Mm. That'd be pretty interesting. And I think, I think, yeah, it was probably because they, they, it was very much built up of this woman is in your head. She's telling you all these things. I think there was a fear that as soon as someone put the crown on, they would turn evil and be yeah. like an NPC almost. But I guess it's not that. It's just a magic item that gives you slightly evil boons and yeah, um, yeah. I think I think it's also like I think it would have been different if it was like the bracelet of Loth or something, but because it's like yeah, a crown putting on your head, it feels like a, like a mental influence type of, Absolutely. A, type yeah. of a deal. Yeah. And yeah. And then, cause I, I liked at the end where Opal's just like, I'm going to, I'm going to take it off. I'm going to try and take it off. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, you probably should want to take that off. Yeah. <laughs> but it then might've made it more difficult for her to resist it in the future or things like that. Ooh, yeah. Um, 
it does concern me that it ended with it's still on her head. Uh, and the fact, as you say, we might not see these characters for a very long time. Oh, jeez, um, yeah. Yeah, very concerning. Uh, yeah, like and, that's, uh, and Abria, Abria made it seem like Opal could have taken it off. So you, you can try, but yeah, it feels yeah. like it's really like, dug in try. there. <laughs> yeah, just rip that, rip that sucker off. You've got three, no, two healers. You got two healers here. Yeah, it's fine. Just we'll be go all right. for it. Or even... Even just go back to you know near it all, near it all Pock and speak with the Rash Cool. Rash Cool. Yeah, see if yeah. they can get off, or even Gilmore. Like, yeah, they, they have they have so many options. We got yeah. so many options to try to, to try to get it off. So I'm worried, but also not super worried because they do have different things they can do to to get rid of it. They're yeah. not super. They're not super screwed. Screwed over. They'll, they'll be fine. They'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. They'll be yeah. good. I'm actually curious as to why they put a hard stop on eight episodes. Yeah. Because um, I, I initially thought that it just, they were able to conclude the story in eight episodes. But it mm. seems like they only, uh, you know, made it to Drop be it. Yeah. eight episodes. Like, that's all, like, the time that they had um, yeah. allotted for, for this show um because mm. it felt like it could have been like an extra like two episodes longer to yeah. wrap up like iron authority stuff and then maybe go back to iman to wrap up uh plateau mm. stuff um so i'm definitely yeah. uh intrigued at the reasoning behind only eight episodes and may maybe we'll get some answers uh during the wrap-up yeah. but during the wrap-up i wonder how yeah, they're gonna, gonna run that well, I, oh gosh, uh, probably I reckon similar to how they did the campaign two wrap up. So around the table mm. with the moderator, probably Marisha, I reckon moderating again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the cast and Abria yeah. around the table. That's what it uh, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just point out Paul Ramos in chat. I missed an after credit scene. Yeah, so it's just the stinger that Abria did like after the episode is what we were talking about. So. It's it's not so much at the end of the the credits. It's just pretty much straight after the episode. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you probably yep. would have seen it. if you stuck around when they faded out to black for a second. You would have seen it. Yep. Um, yeah, it was uh, yeah. basically immediately immediately after. Yeah. Uh, but the other, I guess, the other big question about surrounding Opal and Ted and stuff is their mm. mother. Their mother. Yeah, that was cool. That was a cool little like. Tidbit. Little 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 crumb there at the end that maybe the mother is behind it all. Who'd have thought? Well, that's I didn't pick up on that. I picked up on what I thought Abri was saying, like uh Opal remembered her mother occasionally, you know, like catching aspects in a mirror that weren't yeah. quite herself. So I got the sense that maybe it was a fair a hereditary thing that they each ah. had this kind of entity within them or maybe it's the same entity and it's just shared between family members yeah because it seems like, like yeah it seems like ted isn't actually like was never actually like a physical sister no yeah no i don't think so but but then the people of by Roden spoke oh her, yeah right maybe she's like a ghost or something maybe, maybe. <laughs> one of those haunted children <laughs> that just hangs out and you're like, yeah, that's my sister. And everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's your sister. Yeah, everyone's just playing just along. Go, oh, yeah, just go really along sad. with it. 
Yeah. She's the town. She's the town crazy lady. Ted had a bed. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. Maybe Ted was a manifestation of her. Oh, there's so many weird ways she could <laughs> play that. Oh man. I hope that I hope all of the questions in the wrap up are just about Ted. I don't think I we're going to get answers. I think that's yeah, probably not. It's going to be the goddamn moon all over again when we get no oh. answers. Yeah, because uh, wait, if we're going to see these characters again, how? I wonder how the wrap up's going to be. There's not really many yeah. things that can be answered, right? Mm. Yeah, because if it's like, you know, character stuff, like what's the deal with Dorian's family? Yeah, it's like <laughs> can't say. It might come up. Yeah. Oh god, that's going to frustrate me <laughs> if that's oh, the answer. Oh no. Uh, I mean, it might be. <laughs> Ted is the moon. We, we are Ted. <laughs> <laughs> we are the cause of all of this. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's evolving. It's growing. <laughs> the theory maintains and gathers speed. Yeah. The family of demigods, Erica says. Maybe. Or maybe they all, maybe they all, like, worshipped the same patron or something and it was channeled through ted maybe because it was theodora wasn't it yeah theodora was the name hmm. i <laughs> i wish i wish we had gotten more because last 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 week i sort of ended off ended the the podcast with like i'm excited for next episode we're gonna get so many answers from you know, mirada <laughs> and stuff and it's gonna yeah. be great because Opal's going to be like, yo, why do you want Ted so badly? And Murado is going to explain why, but... These five reasons! <laughs> yep. Uh, well, we didn't get it. We didn't get the, the Murata ted PowerPoint, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. But it, it's fine. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, all we need to We're know... lucky enough to be asking these questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But exactly. I still want answers. I, I still want answers. Enough to have answers. But you know, it, it it also could just be one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, it's it's left open for everyone to create their own like head cannons, uh, for what mm. for whatever all these little little yeah. loose loose thing is creative interpretation. Is I hate is endings like that. <laughs> like it's whatever you wanted it to be. It's like no, tell yeah, me, tell please. me. I need to know the canon real outcome yeah. of of all this stuff. Nothing yeah. I come up with to be as cool as what it possibly could have been. Yeah. 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 But I'll stick with the uh, I'll stick with hashtag We Are the Moon. Oh yeah. And uh, also, we talked about cozy Matt. We need to talk about cozy Dorian Matt. I awesome. love how Abria set that up when it like faded yeah. back to the live game, and Abria was like, "Matt, I'm so glad that you did that last segment in full Dorian costume because apparently he hadn't recorded it yet, and so then he had he had to cosplay." As Dorian for that last well, little... Well, uh, none, none of them were recorded. That was the whole deal of fucking with Matt. <laughs> of, like, she would suggest something, then he'd have to do it. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I've skipped past some of the other ones, but was it that, like, a similar similar oh, gag yeah, for the every, other ones? Every, oh, okay. Every episode, yeah. It was, like, gotcha. it started pretty simple. Like, I think with the glitter beard, there was then the full makeup and the, the stiletto nails and... Gotcha. Um, gotcha. I don't know what some of the other ones were, but yeah, this was like the, the crowning achievement of, hey, you're gonna you're gonna cosplay <laughs> full Dorian Stormcast. That that's that's awesome. I love that, and I am excited for the uh, EXE wrap up next week. But again, like we were saying before, I don't I don't know what can be asked or answered if we see these characters again. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I guess maybe clarification of things that have already happened. I want to yeah. know about session zero. I, I, I just want answers for session zero. And I worry they mm-hmm. might not give it because that seems like session zero is always quite a personal yeah. thing just for the players. It's like a uh-huh. moment they have that's not shared. But there's so many answers in session zero that I feel like we, we need <laughs> we need some answers here. Yeah. Um, I, I could see I could see questions around Pasca maybe maybe like the different shipments like the residuum shipments and stuff yeah yeah or like the residuum spikes that Mirada was using to like siphon power maybe some yeah, that... fear rise stuff that leads into the idea because like, I really like your theory that perhaps Mirada was meant to be Posca the entire time yeah. um because she already had all this residuum it's like yeah it makes it seem like residuum is just abundant in Tal'Dorei if all these people have it. So I kind of like the idea of, yeah, perhaps it was Posca because she'd already had a residuum and could have caught up. Bikes. Mm. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that'll be interesting to see if Abria even reveals that. Or if, if, if it is true, if for whatever reason it is true that Mirada, or Posca was meant to be Mirada. Um, yeah. If that's, that's confirmed or not. Um, that's just the impression I got, though. Uh, but yeah, the maps... Froggy strap. The, the battle maps for this series were so freaking cool, mm. so good. Especially those last, those last few. Feywild one, obviously the, the the cube, the the Ted one. Oh my gosh, yeah. so cool, so so cool. I've been loving it, <laughs> and it seems like the uh, production quality is going to be increasing. I think we yeah. can we can take a little bit of time to talk about the announcement. The critical role announcement yeah, from was, from Twitter. There's a lot of a lot of exciting stuff. That's what I woke up to because usually usually my morning routine this summer has been wake up, lay in bed for like an hour, looking through like Twitter and Discord and all that stuff. And one of the first things that I woke up to and saw was that uh, critical role announcement that they had posted on Twitter, and yeah. uh, it's exciting, y'all. Exciting. Yeah, a lot, lot of stuff coming up. It's almost like a mini state of the role that they've given us in this yeah. post because there's so much stuff being mentioned. So we've got a uh, continuation of everything is content. We're going to get a part through the Blackwood series, which is really fun with Liam and Laura. We've got another Elder Scrolls Online one shot, which I said think they said was being DM'd by Marisha. Which yeah. Yep. The last one. Wait, was the last one DM? No, the last one was DM'd by Matt, wasn't it? Yes, I believe it yes. was. So with Marisha, um, we've got the Exandria Unlimited wrap-up. So mm-hmm. let's look at the timings here. So everything is content is this coming Tuesday. The Elder Scrolls one-shot is next Thursday. Gotcha. Okay, not the wrap-up. Yeah. The Exandria Unlimited wrap-up is the following Thursday, so the 26th. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Yeah, and then we've just got things coming in September, early October. So we've got the Ashley Johnson one shot. Hey, finally. It's going to be super fun. I cannot wait. Yeah, I'm super um, excited for that one. It says here, though, which I'm concerned about, it says backers keep an eye out for more for a more official announcement. It's not just going to be for backers, surely. Like, I don't think so. Because the, the, the Mighty Nine Xbox Machina was also a uh, milestone. Yeah. Cool. I, I, yeah, I didn't think they would limit it just to backers because that mm. would start watching the show after the campaign, guys. Come mm. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some Exandria Unlimited Edition narrative telephones, time two. Some more nice. Vibes, another Elder Scrolls Online one shot. 
who we don't know who would be DMing on that one. And then a big Campaign 3 announcement. Ooh, that's what I'm excited for. Announcement. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, which I think would be the animated series. It has to be. has to be. Has, yeah. Because they just released the final episode of their yeah. uh, crew, crew and A the other day. Yeah. So it's, it's got to be coming up soon. It's got to be that. It has to be. But we did, we did get a rough idea that we would see a mini update or some more information of Campaign 3 coming, they said, early October. Uh, mm-hmm. Because they are building a new set and a new yeah. stage for it. Yeah. Which is really exciting. They're doing well. I know. That's so cool. Because I, 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 mean, I, I thought their previous set was, was awesome. But I guess it was probably more like improvised sets since they had to work fast through COVID and stuff. But now that they've had like yeah. a longer break, they could actually like build like a proper, mm. a proper set that, that that can accommodate different I, things that come up. I agree with Erica in chat. I want them back at the table so bad. Me too. Like, Me too. Uh, I get. That's I, all I want. I think they, to an extent, they enjoyed having their own desk because they just had more space. But there is just something so special about them being together at the table. The characterizations are so much stronger. The way they can yeah. actually interact physically with each other, um, mm-hmm. being able to turn and look to each other, yeah. and then I guess also having the map immediately in front of them—it's just so lovely. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I could see, I could see them going either way. Um, mm-hmm. it's and just... yeah, and a lot of uh, a lot of character dynamics are created based on where they're sitting next to each other and stuff. Yeah. You know, we had the Empire kids with Liam and uh, Marisha sitting next to each other. Obviously, yeah. the first mate and captain relationship of Ford and, Ford and Marisha. Not the best had... detective agency with, you know... Yeah, exactly. The chaos. Laura. Laura. Um, yeah. And Garth, if Garth McMurray knocks it on the head, Marisha hitting Liam. Like, yep. Yep. <laughs> we they missed out on, like, that. 40 episodes of... Uh... Of Marisha <laughs> hitting, yeah, abusing, abusing Liam. I know. Yeah. We need it back. We need it back. Uh, yeah, all all of them hugging. Yep. Oh, oh the hugs. We need it all. We need it all yeah. back. Uh, but scrolling back a little bit to the Ashley Johnson one shot. Um, oh yep. <laughs> I believe it was was Erica that was saying how she hopes that the Ashley Johnson one shot is all of them acting as puppies. Or no, Amanda. Sorry, it was Amanda. Amanda Goodwin that said, uh, "Hope Ashley's one shot is dog related. Like there's just a bunch of puppies everywhere, and everyone gets That's to amazing. pet them." Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I could see that. That'd be that'd be really that. cool, like a familiar one shot or something like that. Oh, oh my God! Yes, yeah. Weren't we? Uh, we were talking about like like a new uh, like a honey heist where with like yeah, sprinkle 100%. and all uh, yeah. all that stuff. Oh my God! All the animals from campaign two. Absolutely. Yes. You know, like probably forty percent of the comments I get on my sprinkle video are a new honey heist with sprinkle. Yes. I've thought of making a video just of the comments on that video. <laughs> Like send it to marisha like eh? yeah look at all look at how much the people want it yeah you probably could that's actually a good idea i wonder if they've uh if they thought about it they well they should think about it because the people want that they want they want the sprinkle honey heist but i guess it's kind of tricky to do it now since sprinkle is our tag in that kind of takes well, away the, i think uh, it makes more sense i think it would be him awakening uh all the other animals yep all the other yep just an yep. army of little critters. Yep, yeah, I'm and down for then it. he takes them off to Taldori to meet up with Trinket. Because oh I love that as Trinket and yeah. <laughs> want him back. 
Although I do really like the original uh, Honey Heist cast, like yeah. like uh, Teddy and mm-hmm. the other ones. Was it like <laughs> a, like Tova's Honeys or something? I can't remember. Tova's Honeys was the the third one. Oh, okay. Um, with the the all female cast. Ah, that's um, what it was, right? Yeah, yeah. But it was like Liam and Talison's characters were brothers. They were like, <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> their names. Oh no. Um, oh, it's been so long since I've it's seen like those. Waffle ones. and Cookie, Waffle and Cookie, <laughs> <laughs> and, and Liam Las oh. Vegas. Like, how can we forget having Brian in a one shot? Like, it's yeah, it's fantastic. Um, oh gosh, yeah, that'd be. Well, I'm so, yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't wait for the Ashley, the Ashley Johnson one shot, and all of this, the, the campaign three announcement and stuff. But because it's coming early October, I guess that well, the announce, the date announcement will come early. October. Yeah, the the announcement. Yeah. So I guess that probably means we're looking at like mid to late November or even maybe a December start date. They, they may even just wait because then that's the holiday season. January. Yeah. So it January. could, they, they could just pick it back up in January. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know it's so long. It's so long, but then I wonder if they'll have anything to sort of fill, fill the space. Um, well, they could fill the space with the animated series. That could be what the, the big true. announcement is. And that's what they, true, true, true. They fill it with, and that's kind of that's kind of what I had theorized um, back uh, many what the sheep podcast episodes ago when we were thinking of like when different release dates were going to be, and I think it is smart marketing wise to not have campaign three and the animated series come out around the same time because then it's like splitting the hype up too much. I think. Yeah. Um. So I think it would. I mean, I, I know nothing about marketing. I don't have a degree in marketing. So take this, you know, with a grain of salt and stuff. But it does make sense if they postpone Campaign 3 release date until next year and instead release the animated series in the time that Campaign 3 could have been released. I think that's probably the smart. It hurts. It hurts. But I think I mean, that's probably the smartest thing to do. But Yeah, it makes sense because they can finish the animated series and garner like a new bunch of new bunch of people for the fan base and say okay well great now you can start a new story with us yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's a really good point um, Raiders would watch them both that's true that is true how many episodes do we have for the first series is it 12 i think it's 12 i think it was originally 10 but then they reached a goal where then it was 12 so, if we're think. thinking of how they release generally amazon prime i'm thinking I'm thinking of like how they've released shows in the past. Uh, they sometimes do like a double episode release and then weekly release. Yeah. So if we're thinking, it could be like episodes one and two, and then we have um, you know, a weekly, 10 episodes. weekly release. Yeah. So it could be like an 11, we- 11 week release schedule. It's pretty or... good. Yeah. yeah. But then if it's coming out near you know, Christmas or Thanksgiving, oftentimes there's a break for shows coming out. Yeah during those times um yeah or is it 10 it's only always saying 10. is it 10 oh maybe it is eh, it's one of those 10 yeah. 12 numbers 10, 12. Are... oh was it really eight and then amazon had to okay i thought it was 10 oh. and then 12 okay yeah that's what I thought that makes sense that makes sense but then we're going to be getting a season two a season two at some point so yeah definitely yeah. super excited for for that halloween special so one shot chutney's revenge Ooh. yeah I didn't see that initial comment. I just saw Paul, uh, Raul in the comments just saying, Chutney! <laughs> just randomly, yeah. yeah. yeah unprompted, um, unprompted Chutney, I'll, Chutney I'll calls. That was, 
that's definitely one of the best the best yeah. moments of I, all like, of their I material some, i love some more like call of cthulhu oh uh, yes because that was so yes. much fun like we birch get her back um yeah was in that one ashley birch has been killing it in the the va scene recently mm-hmm. like it's not not even just recently you know over the past you know several years she's been killing it but uh she's had a lot of good stuff going on yeah nah. yeah. Cool. that more undead wood would be cool seeing mm-hmm. some of those characters again seeing uh brian brian take the the mantle of dm again huh i, watched, I haven't watched undead wood yet you haven't I watched all of Deadwood first, ah, and then yeah. like I kind of got a bit strung out on the Western thing, so I took a break, and then I forgot. So I might do that. Yeah. Now. It's good. It's good. It's yeah. real good, and it's only two-hour episodes, uh, roughly. Oh, really so yeah. yeah, two, four, six. Wait, two, four, six. Okay, eight ep- eight hours to watch the whole thing. That's I had to do math. <laughs> but I'd probably have to rewatch it because it was a long time ago. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was good. It was good. Mm. Um. But anyways, I guess shifting the focus back to Xandra Unlimited, how do we, what are our overall feelings about the first season? I, I, I definitely really enjoyed it. Uh, definitely have some criticisms. Uh, hard to follow. But I, and again, like none of this is meant to be in like a negative light. And at the yeah. end of the day, it is their game. I did still enjoy it. But I think it is also fair to have um, reasonable crit- critiques on, on different things that, that happened and stuff. Um, very chaotic, but again, as as you were sort of saying, Alana, um, it felt very much like a home game, um, where it's it's it was probably way more enjoyable for them to actually play it than for it to be observed. Which is again a hundred percent totally fine because it's their game. We are just given the privilege to to watch it, um, and I totally respect and, and understand that. Um, but overall, I really did enjoy the chaos. I loved all the characters. Oh yeah. Um, I think I think the cast and the characters were the best part. Yeah. Um, uh, I loved because I knew nothing of Robbie before this. Yeah. Um, so much either. And now, like, I want him to be on the main cast forever. Like, he was he, he was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew Amy from She-Ra and yep. um, mm-hmm. yeah, and and just from Twitter because she's excellent on Twitter. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and they were both so fantastic, and surprise oh, yeah. and Jarly in the middle of it as well. Oh, like, so I good! Not love it. So good. Anything she does. Um, no, so I definitely I love the cast and the characters were just a lot of fun. They were mm-hmm. maybe <laughs> maybe a bit too chaotic for the <laughs> the the story that Abria was telling in some parts because yeah. it was quite a serious story. Yeah, and then you yeah. got these goofballs absolutely <laughs> just you know. Mm-hmm. like clod hopping the way through it <laughs> well like like we had kind of been saying a little bit like off stream and stuff it felt or maybe we said it on stream too but it felt like a very like underbridge or like a bridge to like a parody almost where it's like yeah. these these wild zany characters are put into a very serious setting and they're just let loose you know i want to run around i want to see this party do like ravenloft do like, oh yeah like that would be hilarious just like a super serious dark Mm-hmm. campaign with these absolute goofballs um yes that'd be pretty fun i'm here i am here for that <laughs> um but i mean overall i really don't have like any like negative things about it just obviously things that it was just you know confusing and hard to follow up points but uh froggy straps has felt like an origin story and i loved it that's actually a pretty interesting way to look at it like this whole like series was like a session a session zero like season zero was this was this uh series right here 
or it was just the... sessions here. Yeah. yeah yeah i would uh i would say so i would say so um what about you what are your overall overall feelings yeah about, like, about same sort of thing like i was definitely a bit lost sometimes on mm-hmm. the the plot and it was it, it was strange because it was a little bit open-ended but there was also quite mm-hmm. a bit of railroading um mm-hmm. which please don't take it as a negative i railroad all the time it's like <laughs> a perfectly legitimate hey sometimes you got to use those neon signs to guide your players yeah. Yeah, um, but it, it did feel like a bit of a mishmash of those mm-hmm. two styles. Um, I think probably my favorite parts were in the early episodes when they were in the city. I like mm-hmm. I like that a lot um, because there was a little bit more agency, I guess, for them to decide what to do. Whereas one, mm-hmm. once they're on the road, yeah. it was very much you've got a path to follow. Um, uh, but yeah, no, like I said, I love the characters. Yeah. I think that was my favorite part. Uh, them having moments to talk again, always my favorite part is the mm. the, the moments before the long rest where they can have yeah. conversations. The night watches, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's always the best. Uh, yeah, I, some really cool NPCs, which I thought was um, really well done. Like some, uh, what was it? The Loxodon was really cool. Yeah, um, yeah, Thrash cool, yeah, Thrash cool, yeah, just. Getting to see more elements of Taldori was nice. Um, mm-hmm. I love Taldori. Taldori is like, it feels like Taldori is like our home base and <laughs> Wildmount is the, the holiday home a little bit sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's nice to go back and see some of these places. Um, yeah, it did, it did feel very homey being back in Iman and like seeing Gilmore again. Yeah. That stuff. Yeah. Totally agree with yeah. that. Totally, totally. Uh, but yeah, I'm super excited to see what comes next for Xandria Unlimited because you know as we were saying earlier in this stream like there the potential for this series is just unlimited you know yeah. as the as you know the title suggests Xandria Unlimited there are unlimited possibilities that they can do <laughs> with this show and I'm I'm excited for for any of them yeah really. yeah definitely uh do we have any other closing thoughts feelings emotions about the finale um, any of the announcements that were made? Uh, Boy, I just I'm keen. Pain three. I'm keen to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had it a bit with Alexandria Limited, but not so much because, especially like our schedule was a little bit off with <laughs> watching it as well. But I do like the consistency of Campaign Three, where it's like, okay, this is what I'm doing with my Friday nights. I'm going in yeah. and I'm watching Critical Role. Um, I'm excited for that to get back in and to have this long form engagement with characters and mm-hmm. storyline. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm just really keen for campaign three, even though I think it's probably not going to be for quite a while. Yeah, um, I'm starting to feel that way too, sadly. Excited to see what they have for it though, and excited yeah. to predict a lot of things. Oh, I know. Sense. And speaking of predictions. Ooh. Alana, you'd probably do a better job at explaining it to me, but you want to tell the folks at home what uh, what kind of a competition we've got going on? Yeah, so, hey guys, if you haven't seen it already, and I'm hoping some of you have seen it already because there's a lot of responses so far, you should check out our Campaign 3 guessing competition. Uh, we have one for the Discord, which you can find in the announcement page on the Discord. If you are a member of our Discord, please go check it out. Or if you're not... I'm putting the link in chat now. I don't know if it's actually going to work as a link. There it is. Uh, you can go to our Twitter and sign up for our guessing competition. It's a chance for you to have a crack at what you think each player's character's race and class will be. Uh, it's just a little bit of fun. Yeah. There is a prize. There is a prize. How about 
Um, it's yeah, it's the the results so far have been wild. Um, <laughs> it's so funny seeing like the answers for say Laura and Ashley, for example. There's a very clear race and class that people are the like not the majority, definitely not the majority, but like it shows you in a pie graph. And there's a big section for each of them where it's like a lot of people think they're going to be this. You're like, mm. oh, that's interesting. That's like a common thread. But then you look at like Sam and Talison, <laughs> and it's just a rainbow. Like it's yep. it's so no consistency, so, nothing. Yeah, no consistency whatsoever. Um, it's really cool. I'm gonna once we finish the competition, the the uh, winners have been announced. Everything. I'm gonna do like an infographic of breaking down the results. Uh-huh. Um, to show kind of like what people thought uh but it's yeah it's a lot of fun to look at so far and it's a lot of fun to do so you should definitely go do it yeah yeah, yeah. So check it out it's gonna check be super fun to to reveal it all um yeah but yeah i mean i guess with all that being said we can finish off season one of exandria unlimited took uh this this summer went by so fast like my my school year starts on monday like <laughs> the summer's already over for me. It's uh, it's done. It's time to get back to back into the swing of things. So I'm definitely thankful that we had uh, Xander Unlimited to to guide us through, guys, through these past couple of months, and it's been it's been awesome. It's been a journey getting to know these characters, uh, getting to know this story. Uh, it's always a it's always a pleasure, uh, being able to talk about all of this stuff with all of you, and obviously with Campaign Three on the horizon, it's gonna be even crazier even crazier i'm mm. super excited to get to know a whole new cast of characters in campaign three and see how they all mingle and stuff together so yeah gonna be gonna be good but yeah that's going to that's gonna do it for us here as always thank you all so much for joining us on this journey of Alexander unlimited thank you to everyone who participated in hung out with us in chat or just, you know, lurked, vibed, just listened to us on a second monitor or, you know, in the background, whatever it is. Thank you so much for being here and supporting us. And thank you to everyone who's going to be watching this on YouTube or Spotify or wherever else this podcast may find itself on the internet. As always, don't forget to love each other. Spread the love to everyone you meet, everyone you see, but also don't forget to love yourself. That is the most important thing you can do. So be sure you're taking care of yourself. Drink some water, eat some food, get plenty of rest. You deserve it. And I'm happy that you're here with us. So, hope you all have an absolutely wonderful rest of your morning, day, evening, wherever you may be on this glorious earth. And we'll see you all very soon. Bye, everyone. Bye.